Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles today to Matthew chapter number 12. We're going to pick up our study in Matthew 12. Last time we were together, we went through verses 1 through 8, Jesus, Lord of the Sabbath. And at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck the heads of grain and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. And he said unto them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him? How he entered in the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Yet I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple." But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. And then today, we're going to begin in verse number 9. Now, when he departed from there, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? Heavenly Father, we come before you now. I ask that you bless the reading of your word, that you would go before us, Lord. You would open our ears to hear and our eyes to see and our hearts to understand the things that you have for us. Lord, you know the needs that are represented. Lord, I ask that you would have your will and way, that your will would be done. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we have the Lord in Matthew chapter number 12, saying he is the Lord of of the Sabbath. And he points to the Old Testament when David was hungry and actually ate the showbread. And when the priests were actually, quote, profaning the Sabbath and that they were in there butchering and slaughtering the animals so that the others could actually keep the Sabbath. In other words, he was saying, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. That's when Barnes says here, the Savior refers to himself and to his own dignity and power. In essence, he is saying, I have power over the laws because I'm the one that made the laws. Thus, I have the right to change them or set them aside, if only for a moment, if I want to. So Jesus here, our Lord, is declaring that he is the ultimate fulfillment of the Sabbath and that he is offering them the rest that the law could not give to them. And he goes out from there and he goes to their synagogue and he sees a man that has a withered hand. And then they ask him. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? Why? Because they wanted to accuse him. So to further prove his point, he goes into synagogue and he heals this man with a withered hand. It's almost like he was purposely pushing them to make his point. Of course, the Pharisees were there. They're the ones that were pushing this. And their question is, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And notice their motive that they might accuse him. They were still not getting it. They did not hear a word he had just said previously about the rest that he had come to offer them because they had already rejected him. And it says in verse number 11, And he said unto them, What man is there among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold of it and lift it out? How much more then is this man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath day. Like our Lord was accustomed, he answered their question with a question of his own. And he's trying to move them from the physical to the spiritual. He's trying to move them from the, quote, letter of the law to the, quote, spirit of the law. 
Now, Matthew chapter 3 and verses 1 through 6, we get a little bit better uh, picture of this dialogue that was going on. And as he entered again, uh, and a man was there with a withered hand, so they watched him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. Why? So that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. And then he said to them, is it lawful to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around him with anger, he was grieved by the hardness of their hearts. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as the other than the Pharisees immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Jesus, our Lord, was grieved with the hardness of their hearts. You know what's in actuality, the only ones who were guilty of breaking the law up to this point was the Pharisees themselves. The Lord caught them red-handed right before his crucifixion. When he came through the eastern gate on what we call Palm Sunday, he made his way straight to the temple. And what did he find when he got there? Well, the Bible says in Matthew 21, 12, that when he got to the temple, he drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple, overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. You see, they were breaking the law by buying and selling on the Sabbath. And yet they're accusing him of breaking the law by healing on the Sabbath. In Leviticus 23, 3, six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day, it is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places. We saw the same thing happen in Nehemiah. Uh, in Nehemiah, as they were coming back to rebuild the temple, Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 28. Now the rest of the people, the priests and the Levites and the gatekeepers and the singers, the Nathanium and all those who had separated themselves from the people of the lands to the law of God, their wives and their sons and their daughters and everyone that had knowledge and understanding, these joined with their brethren, their nobles and entered into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and to do all the commandments of the Lord our God and his ordinances and his statutes. We will, we would not give our daughters as wives to the people of the land, nor are we going to take their daughters for our sons. And if the people of the land brought any wares or any grain to sell to us on the seventh day, we would not buy it from them on the Sabbath or on any holy day for that matter, for we would forego the seventh, seventh year's produce and the exacting of every debt. So here they are hypocritically accusing Jesus, our Lord, of breaking the Sabbath. And yet that is exactly what they were doing. And he says in verse number 13, Then saith he unto them, Stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it forth. He restored his whole like the other. And the Pharisees went out, held a council how they might destroy him. I think of two things when I read these verses. First, I think of the goodness of our God. Even though the Lord knew the trouble that he was going to cause for himself, he still healed that man. He loved him enough to still heal him, even though the trouble he knew would come as a result. 
Second, I think of the evilness of man. It seems like man is never happy. We tend to thrive on finding fault in others. Why? I believe it's because by finding fault in another, it makes us feel better about ourselves. That is a sad reality. You know, in psychology, it is called meta-hypocrisy. It is hypocrisy about one's own hypocrisy. Nothing makes us feel better than to put others down in order to lift ourselves up. This ought not to be, brethren. It ought not to be. And in verse number 15, but when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed them, and he healed them all. You know, after years of ministry, I can honestly say that I know exactly what our Lord was experiencing here. Rejection. He was experiencing rejection. Our Lord had lived and walked among this, these people his entire human life, and they were rejecting him. He had given them the best that he could, everything that he could offer, and yet they still were rejecting him. I think of John fifteen twenty two. If I if if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have known. They would not have been guilty of their sin. But now they have no excuse. Whoever hates me hates my father. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen, and they have hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. They hated me without a cause. The human side of our Lord felt and was hurt by the finality of rejection. And you and I have felt it. I've felt it. You know, those it seems like you pour the most into sometimes will turn around and bite you. And to me as a minister and as a pastor of many years, that's the ones that hurt the most. You know, you expect wolves to bite. Wolves have teeth. They're carnivores. I mean, if you play with a wolf, you're going to get bitten and you can't blame the wolf. But you don't expect sheep to bite. They don't even have teeth. They have these little little ridges in their mouths where they grab the grass and they yank up their heads and they pull it up by the roots. You don't expect a sheep to bite you. But I'm reminded of the Lord, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him there was nothing made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shone in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it, did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God. His name was John the Baptist. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, Jesus, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, referring to John the Baptist, but he was sent to bear witness of that light, which was Jesus. That was the true light, Jesus, which gives light to every man coming into this world. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. How sad. We see here the rejection continues. 
the gospel of the kingdom is being rejected. The king, the Messiah, that was promised would come, was being rejected. God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you wants the best for you. It's working all things out for your good. Thank you for listening today. I also serve churches in the areas of pulpit supply, conferences, retreats, and revivals. If I can be a service to you and your ministry, I would love to hear from you. 